we make all kinds of connections from our neighbors to our co-workers from family members to people we interact with in business every day what about the connections we make to ourselves? today we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives this is things worth considering with hosts gord riddell and alexia georgiusis it's time to consider the possibilities Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. We're a weekly talk show and we are all about connections. Uh, this evening we're going to be talking about connections between those that may help us when we die, but also that can help us when we are also going through other transitions. And it's quite a fascinating subject. So it really is about uh, connections to ourselves and connections sometimes to what we even can't see. Uh, and we have a great guest who I'll introduce in a moment. I'm Gord Riddell. I'm your host and our co-host, Dr. Alexia Georgius, is a naturopathic doctor and a great walker. Uh, <laughs> we finally saw each other yesterday for the first time in 18 months. Uh, live and in person. It, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, really. She shrank so much. Um, <laughs> uh, we are live. If you would like to join our, in on this conversation, uh, you can give us a call toll-free anywhere in North America uh, 1-888-346-9141. Okay. Uh, so let me introduce uh, a favorite lady of mine is uh, Tiffany Lasik. She is a registered psychotherapist, a spiritual director, and a certified havening techniques practitioner, specializing in spiritual psychotherapy with over two decades experience in individual couples and in group therapy. She's a founder of the Hive and Grove in Kitchener, Ontario. She is also an author. Uh, she's published by Llewellyn uh, Books, and she's the author of The Great Work, Self-Knowledge and Healing Through the Wheel of the Year. And her second book is about to be released in October, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that is The Noble Art from Shadow to Essence Through the Wheel of the Year. Tiffany's an international presenter, a keynote speaker, and retreat facilitator. Tiffany's conducted workshops in, for conferences and organizations in Canada, U.S., uh, Mexico, India, and the U.K. Welcome back. Thank you, back. Yeah, it's, it's great yes, to see it, you. It is, one, yes, wonderful to be here. Wonderful to be here. And you're going to, actually, you're going to be doing a workshop in this area, and you're going to be on site. You're going to be the real I you. I am. I'm that, so excited about it. I'm I so know. excited. It's going to be, so I was thinking we. about it. The first, my first in-person teaching since last March. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so we just started a couple of classes and that's it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's like, finally, it's like, you know, it's just this space, these classrooms that have been sitting empty yes. so long. Yes. And it's like, bring the energy yeah. back in. Well, there's, there's, the a, there's a big size for it. So it's, it's perfect. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been running through it with like, you know, Bells and Tiffany, tim, tim, you know, the metal. <laughs> the, the tinctures. And yes, exactly. Try and get. Yeah. Yep. Oh, boy. I can bring some energy in. All right. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm just going to hand the mic over to you right now, and uh, you can tell us what is a psychopomp. Yeah. So I guess by definition, a psychopomp, it comes from the Greek, and it translates as a guide of souls. Right, the okay. psyche means the souls. The pomp, sort of joking, the pomp and circumstance. It it is. It's the guide. It's the procession. So mm. you see the the psychopomp 
the the word does come out of the mythology of the past of um, some of these these figures that acted as uh, as guides to from this life to to the other the afterlife. So is it similar to a death doula, someone who does this? Uh, so I would say in contemporary terms, it would be. But if we're looking back historically, you know, the, the original form in mythology. So Anubis is probably, if you're familiar with Egyptian yeah, yeah, mythology, yeah. Oh, right? Yes, An- right? Anubis is a okay. psychopomp because once okay. the person dies, it is Anubis who guides the soul to the right. next stage of the journey, which is eventually to, I have since learned, I've been doing a lot of research on it. I'm like, oh. Anubis gets the soul, takes a soul to mat, puts the heart on the scales. You know, well, you measure the the heart against the feather to see that your your soul is light. I've since learned that actually there are twelve gates that you have to go through. This there's quite a journey <laughs> with the it, it, and they the all have a the Egyptian aspect with the Egyptian aspect. Okay, right. Yeah, right. and they do all have a troll, right? So, so and this is why you need a guide. There's things you need to go through, yeah, yeah. right, to get from here to there. So, so Why in the mythology, this, where's this word come from, though? Like, I mean, like, the, why is it reemerged? Uh, I've been in this for a long, long time, and I I've, I've never even heard it. I know, so. I know. I it it has, and what what you were saying before, it seems to have reemerged. Um, in truth, I think, sort of through through the lens almost of mediumship. So, so. I've okay. used, not I, but, you know, I was familiar with the word because my parents taught Greek and Latin. And, and so it, okay. it wasn't an unfamiliar word. <laughs> okay. In, Can you conjugate that, this word? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had, a, you know, my mom used to always make references to Anubis when I was growing up. You really? know, oh, dog, you are as noble as Anubis. So, so this idea of a psychopomp wasn't that unusual to me. I... I sort of more recently came across it in seeing like um, mediumship groups where the word psychopomp, and there's, there's books like my life as a psychopomp where it's the guide of souls on the other side. So the people who crossed over with, um, I think you sort of made a comment about like lost souls. Like there's so many people crossing over right now. And, and, and so there's this identification with this idea of, of psychopomp, which is, you know, whether it's in meditation or in ritual of, of getting a sense of who on the other side may need to have a guide to, you know, continue on into the light or, you know, yeah. but, but there's now sort of a further delineation of, well, what about the psychopomps on this side, <laughs> which is yeah, where we which... would start to, to get this idea of, the death doulas or death midwifery that we have these guides at the beginning of life to bring us in. So we also need these guides to help sort of facilitate the ushering out while we're still in physical form. But Mm -hmm. then there's also this idea of the psychopomps, which is then when we've left the corporeal body, that there's also these psychopomps who work more on the astral to continue the work of, you know, moving into the light. So it, it has a lot of different definitions. There is, 
NDEs that that should play into here, like in terms of research, is you know, like the near death experience. Yes, because yes. there's a lot, a lot of uh, uh, research coming out of that. Absolutely, that absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's um yeah because I mean people people who have you know near death experiences where they're actually uh, uh, you know said that they're dead you know and they're brought back to life somehow. Uh, they have uh, experiences of who they meet over there. Well, right. You know, and stuff like that. So they're bringing sort of that kind of information. And it certainly is, is very much in line with what we believe we're going to meet right. when we get right. there. It's not, yes. always, not always pleasant. If we're convinced we're going to go to hell, it, it might not be a great crossing over. And yes, I'll gladly go back right now. <laughs> right. Well, so, so one of the things which is interesting, so, so, so two points. One is that I would absolutely call those who, um, you know, who are referred to in the, the near-death experiences, you know, being met on the other side, you know, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes it's an angel or sometimes it's an ancestor, but those I would also call psychopomps. Those are the ones who are there, there to, to guide us. What's right. interesting is that historically there have also been, I love this, and, and we know this, they're the manuals, right? Like the, the Tibetan book of the dead. The dead, yes. Yep. Or which the in modern book. times, yeah. the yes. Tibetan book of living and dying, but of course the Egyptian book of the dead. Um, again, I've been doing like some research into this because I find it really fascinating. I didn't realize that there's, in essence, there's a Christian book of the dead. Mm. It's called the Ars the Moriendi. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 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 there's that one. What is it called? What is it called? Ars Moriendi. Oh, I've never heard of it before. Mm. Have you not? No, I hadn't either. It's fascinating. And you know what? You can order it on Amazon. Sure, it's put up by the Catholic Church. Fascinating. Right? So this is something. Church, it's it, been it is around. not. It is not. It comes. Sorry, the the Ars Moriendi um, was from 15th century woodcuts. And what they are are sort of what you were talking about as well. It's it's the um, the temptations and the uh, the the resistances to the temptation. So it's basically it's there these woodcuts of this guy on his deathbed, and the first one will be like, "Oh, you're going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted to be greedy," and then the next woodcut <laughs> is an angel standing beside the bed saying kind of no 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 don't be greedy and then the next one would be the next temptation and again it's it's if to recognize that as we are coming to the point where we are are leaving this life it's very much the sort of the same theme we are meant to let go of the heaviness we're we're let to meant meant to to let go of the attachments so Mm -hmm. that right and that there are these guides who will help us like the angels who will help us to remember no no it's okay you can leave that there because to be light and and open-hearted when we leave this life yeah that's very very fascinating and i wanted to ask you tiffany too as well as it's it's somewhat connected but it's more around elaborating for you to uh, perhaps elaborate more on the the transition state, and I'm very I'm not very familiar with um, you know the bardos in the right you know the idea of whether it's purgatory if that's the same thing in Christianity I'm not sure, but that transitory state 
and is this where the these psychopomps show up in terms of like that that state is where you kind of my understanding is where you sort of face your life and all your attachments right and all the labels right. and you kind of you know dissolve it or burn right. it or whatever whatever it is right right so there's sort of I would say it gets a little complicated. There's, I would say, three different ways of approaching it, where you're looking at something like the Ars Moriendi and more of the, the Christian focus. That would be where the concept of, of a purgatory might come into play, where something like the Tibetan Book of the Dead, where you're having these experiences afterwards, after, afterwards, <laughs> after death, sorry. After. It is afterwards. It is. <laughs> Don't continue. But, but the experiences are, they're almost, I would say, or the way that I understand it, it's almost like tests. Like, do you remember that you come from source? Do you remember that you come from source? So, like, the the demons and the deities, right, that, that come towards you, it's like, so first of all, you sort of experience this 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 sort of um, this expansion and then this opposition of what is it that I always found this fascinating too. I think it's 58 benevolent deities, 48 benevolent deities and like 52. There's, there's more of the nasty ones <laughs> than there are of the benevolent ones just but to keep us on our that, toes. But uh-huh. that, that sounds like very metaphoric for what our life is. It's yes. dualistic. Absolutely. So we've got and the, the devil thing, on one soldier on one shoulder, we've got the angel on the other one and Yeah. You know, which comes back to the, the Ars Moriendi, right? The woodcuts are like one, two, one, two, one, two. Just remembering that that duality and and they it comes towards us so that we have the opportunity to remember that the duality is an illusion. That we are we are part of both of those. Yep. And that we actually transcend both of those. So that's not about purgatory, not not about being mm-hmm. being caught. Right, um, right. But it's just about sort of remembering our source. But even that is different than the idea of psychopomp, which comes up in the Egyptian Book of the Dead, which would be Anubis. So from the Tibetan perspective, the psychopomp, because they wouldn't use that language, but right, right. I would say the psychopomp, and the, again, I find this fascinating that the intention, the original intention of the Tibetan Book of the Dead is that as the person is dying, you're reading it to them. You're reading them a roadmap, yep. right? It's yes. like, okay, take the 401 right. at the third <laughs> exit, right? Take a left. That's basically what you're doing is you're, you're reading the roadmap of what you're going to be seeing on the other side so that when you do leave your body and it's kind of discombobulated, it's like, oh, right. I remember he said, when you see this, I'm supposed to jog there. So the psychopomp would be the one who is reading the book. Mm -hmm. And there's encouragement as well for the, for the soul to leave, right. To keep going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And that's the thing. Okay. You missed the first exit. Don't worry about it. You've got another exit coming up. This is what you need to remember. (laughs) It's like that GPS woman's voice. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's very interesting, right? It's It's really, and it's 
So yeah, I think I mean the psycho pup is like the tour guide. I mean they they their yes. job is to get you to here, but when it we come around to actually doing our analysis and stuff like that, there's other teachers that are you know elevated more than what the psycho pup would be. That helps them right. to look right. at us. Look, you know, because we're the ones that have to do the judgment. That's right. what people are. You know, well, we, we always think someone else is going to do it, but they're not. We're going to do it ourselves. And this is the thing, too, is I um, I found I, I've really been sort of focusing on researching like what what a psychopomp is all about. And and in the research, you, you come across these other ideas of like the judge or like the review or like the tribunal. Right. Those aren't the psychopomps. No. The psychopomps are just the ones who get you there. They're like right? the bus. There's a bus on on tour that gets you from point A to point B and make sure that you get there, though. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm really curious if, um, and maybe I know we're going to have a break soon, but the psychopomps, is it also somehow connected to our own intuition? I I would see that there, because all of this is sort of coming from that place of of oneness, right? And so... I think the more that we are able to clear what is the resistance, the hesitations, the shadow, it it allows us to be able to follow that voice more clearly. So I, I would see it as being connected with that intuition. Yeah, absolutely. Because the, the, the clearer we are, the, the easier it is for us to let go. So that that lightness you talked about, you know, when we pass yeah. on, that, that's what allows us to move into that that place of lightness. Absolutely. This it's, is it's, where we're going to be moved on to. A commercial. Oh. <laughs> We're going to break here for two minutes and we'll be right back. You're listening to Things Worth Considering. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
You're listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Welcome back, and we are talking with uh, Tiffany Lacey. That was your old name. That's my old name. That's your old name, Lacey. <laughs> that was a previous <laughs> incarnation. It was. Like a it was. And I was there for that, actually. Uh, that's how long ago it was. Uh, yeah, so uh, Tiffany Lacey. You were saying something about... Uh, you want to talk, there's something about intuition the, you still want to Yeah, the intuition and how connected that is with, with psychopompery. So it's just yes. this sense, and this is what I, I would say this was probably my real, um, well, other than, of course, um, in the training with uh, from spiritual psychotherapy, I was fascinated with uh, the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying. You know, like the first introduction to that, which kind of opened up like, oh my gosh, like, there's a map for this. Like this is something that was written so long ago and that, that has been used. Like I just found that absolutely fascinating. But then I would say sort of the second to drop into the depths of interest was, was this idea of Anubis. And I, as I said, like, even as a kid, I knew that Anubis took the souls of the newly dead to Matt and, you know, putting the, um, the heart on the scales to be weighed against the feather. But it really wasn't until I started to think about that more from a metaphoric perspective and, and through the lens of spiritual psychotherapy, I'm like, well, what is up with that? What is happening with that? What? And recognizing that it was sort of this idea of we're meant to leave this world with our hearts as light as the way we came in. That right. this idea of bardo is the arc of like life is a bardo between these you know the coming in and the going out there's lots of little little bardos too but that this life follows an arc where we come in as essence and we have experiences which may weigh us down and and may bring us to these places of darkness and and the the pain and and getting lost but that the purpose of our soul's journey purpose is to be able to find our way to see our way through that so that we're able to come back into that place of light so that when we leave our hearts are as light as when we came in and that's how we then in the mythology that that's how we then come to anubis so that then right. anubis carries us to mat and that's the place where it's like here's the feather Here's your heart and the scales should not move. Hmm. So I thought about that a lot, a lot. And I really have come to a place of feeling that the work of, of psychotherapy, spiritual psychotherapy, I, I sort of joke. I say, I'm not a therapist. I'm a psychopomp, right? <laughs> that- <laughs> I, they just say I'm psycho. But I'm just psycho for short. I gotta get some more, some more music or something. <laughs> Bells and whistles. But that the work that we do is is helping people to find their way through the shadow, 
find yeah. their way when they're lost to find their way back to their light so that their hearts are light. So when we talk about, you know, the connection between intuition and the psychopomps, it is because when my heart is light and I'm in touch with listening to like the wisdom of my body and, and the clarity of inspiration, that's my intuition. Then, then I know I, I can, I can follow the guides yeah, right. and, and Tiffany, you, you know, also this is true even in naturopathic medicine, mm-hmm. where very often, you know, what's what's that sense of, and other other healthcare practitioners as well, where how do we help people to become more whole and also remember who they really are? Right. Because when you know you get stuck on the label or the 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 story, the narrative, and the victimization, and that's what I'm curious about. My next question for you is just around how uh, these transitions and, for you know, the arc that you were talking about, but these experiences that we go through that can be very weighted for us, right, and very difficult where we lose ourselves. Right. And in in your belief, is this also around, again, the evolution of the soul, not just to go through difficulty to remember who we are, but, you know, evolving through various lessons? Right. Yes. Is that something? Yeah. Absolutely. And I I think from a place of, how to put it, I'm almost coming to a place, and I think I'm even evolving in how I believe around this. And part of it is informed by alchemy, (laughs) which is this this quest for the philosopher's stone and recognizing that, you know, the, the first substance, the prima materia, where we start and where we end is kind of the same place. So yes, there's an aspect of evolution, but it almost, I don't know. I mean, I have this sense. There's also the, the continuity of the soul, the continuity of essence Hmm. that it's not my soul that's evolving. It's my openness to, to live always in relationship with my soul that's evolving right that's really beautiful very well said yeah like that yeah that's a lot of work (laughs) yes yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yes yeah Yeah. and it's funny i i I was talking about uh, earlier today um a bit of a different topic but you know in in the context of that what i was sharing is that I will often sort of ask, what has the power to wreck my day? (laughs) What has the power to knock me off my center? Because that's the thing I want to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, when we're coming from that place of centeredness and soul connection and philosopher's stone and light open-heartedness, heart on, you know, against Matt's feather... We want to come to a place where nothing has the power to wreck my day. That doesn't mean that we don't have really hard days. It means that I don't forget who I am in the face of that, which to me is what the Tibetan Book of the Dead is trying to tell you. That when you're standing there and you've got 52 wrathful demons coming at your head, you don't forget who you are. Right. Yeah, and and this also with psychopomp, it, and if my understanding is correct, 
because I know it's been also used in shamanic work. Yes. And is that mm. sort of similar in terms of the teachings and the cultures around the indigenous yeah. people and the Druids and the pagans that were very earth-based, but, but is, how is it different if it is different? So, and it's not, there, there's a whole connection with psycho, psychopompery. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a funny word, right? To have really the pompery is. part. It's like, <laughs> that's the thing. It's just fun to say, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pomp and circumstance. Yes, with the wish mind, because there certainly is the, the definition from the Greek of psychopomp as being the guide of souls, but also the psychopomps are the ones who are the walkers between the worlds. So again, by definition, it's that the psychopomps are the ones who know how to go from one reality to another reality and not not be destroyed in the process yeah. or not get lost in the well, process. They're like uh, shapeshifters, but energetically. Right. They're not standing here as a woman and then suddenly they become like, you know, a little right. boy kind of right. thing. Right. You know, right. it's that energy of being able to, you know, from a spiritual perspective, drop it down and from a physical, bring it up. And I mean, that's what right. has to happen for people as they try to communicate with spirit. Absolutely. And why it's right. hard, why it's hard, yeah. because they also have to lower their vibration right. down to try and meet ours, which is right. to get right way up, you know, right. and it come, just doesn't meet sometimes. Right, right. Yeah. yeah we're, we're lost in our bridges sometimes. Exactly. It's kind of like a wave, you know, <laughs> so that's about it. But this is where I find it interesting, because that's a whole other sort of metaphor for psychopomps then are also, they're the, they're the ones who act as the bridge. Right. So if I can get myself to hear and I've noticed spirits bringing, coming to here, then what can I call upon that will help to bridge, bridge that? that. And yeah. this is where, again, there's two elements here, though. We're, we're forgetting one element here, uh, I think. Like, we're, we're thinking about leaving our physical body, like, when we're right. dying. But there are those people who have died who are lost out there. Right. Who don't go into a light, who, because of whatever their belief patterns were, uh, and I've had experiences with this uh, that they don't deserve it. They need to be forgiven. Uh, all kinds of stuff like this. And it's, it's, it's really tragic. But the, the, the psychopomp goes, it actually finds them. Right. And moves them into places that they can move through whatever they need to in order to, you know, get right. into that light place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is where I find that, you know, when we're using the term, there's, there are different ways that it shows up. So the shaman, for example, would be the one who goes and finds what's lost. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's a, it's a golden retriever of, you know, the, <laughs> <laughs> of, lost springs, of lost souls, um, which, and this is, it's interesting to see how things sort of shift over time as well, because I think part of what we're finding is that there have been times when we've gone to others who who know how to operate in those realms and they have done it for us i think part of what we're we're finding now is we're, we're trying almost empowering ourselves to do that so so soul retrieval is in a sense a type of of psychopompery but i'm finding that piece myself and yeah, and that's that's where the crossover is as yeah. well oh, yeah. so what i find is that that there's the psychopomps, and this is where psychotherapy psychopomp is that 
the more that I'm able to do this work while I'm in physical form, the less possibility that I will be a lost soul on the other side. Right. 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 So if I do the work here, I won't lose my way there. So the psychotherapists, I think they are doing the soul work to help in, in the crossover. But there are a lot of souls, as you were saying, who they weren't able to come to that place while they were still in their physical bodies. And, and there's so, a lot yeah. of people who have died recently. And yeah. You know? And so this brings up, there's oh, a whole other thing, which is that, and this is part of where I'm finding, I, I tend to be, I think a little passionate about this is that <laughs> nobody should die alone. Nobody yeah. should no, die alone. Absolutely not. Because um, it's, it's absolutely un, un, it's inhumane. It is. No, it's just. So but you know, when you live alone, that's people. one of the things you think about. It's great. Who's going to well, find me five days from now? And you know, and, you phone, yeah, and people phone me, and it's like, oh yeah, give me a call or text me, and if I don't answer, then I don't answer. Day two, right. day three. <gasps> well, I'll try you again. But, you know, and it's like right. nobody, nobody is. I wonder why he's not answering the phone. Right, right. Or, or, you know, texting back yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, and I can and, see and, it. I can see it so easily happening. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully the <laughs> pandemic, I mean, one of the consequences or hopefully one of the lessons is that we can learn more about living as if we're dying or having that awareness of conscious living. Or conscious dying. dying. Right. And and I think it's really making it's that's why all the fear is there. So so you know, you know, Tiffany, to your point, I think that around where we lost the aspect of letting people die by themselves alone without just a sense of support, you know, and, and the same with any creatures, like animals, right. the same kind Absolutely. of thing, right? Absolutely. So, so I think that I'm I'm with you. I think that it's absolutely crazy making when people can't see each other, especially when they're very unwell. Yeah, yeah. And, well, that was so and, big. And the older people in the pandemic. Yeah. You know, yes, yeah. and and I do see that as being part of the the work of the psychopomp, which is mm. so it's it's part of what came to my awareness when. I unexpectedly found myself at the side of my brother at, as he was dying. And, and I realized that his, he needed to leave. There's his body was, there was not a recovery from where he was, but there was something that was holding on. And so I was in the room, um, the hospital, it was myself and his daughter, his adult daughter. We ended up putting our hands on either side of him. I was on one side, she was on the other. And, and all I did was I called to our parents. I just said, come and get your son. Come and get your son. And I remember at one point, my niece opened up her eyes and said, I see Nana. And I'm like, yeah, she's here. And she said, is she drinking a gin and tonic in yours? <laughs> like. <laughs> nope (laughs) she's like okay shut her eyes and there is like immediate my brother opened his eyes he'd been unconscious like for a day 
Um, I don't know that he was there, but his eyes were kind of seeking her out. And within a minute and a half, I saw two ravens outside the window. And then my brother didn't take another breath. Lovely. And there in that moment, I thought, this is what people need. It's just, it's not even doing anything. It's not the tools and it's the presence. It's just saying, I got you're okay. You can go. You can go. It's okay. And they need to be told that sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. You can go. and so that becomes, whether you're trained to do it or not, it's, it's how can we come to a place of having, I think, the courage of heart to be able to just hold that space for people. Definitely. And it is a place. Sorry. We have yeah. to be able to accept death. I mean, that's really what the yeah. problem is. It's fear of death, We're, mortality. Fear of death. We, we, we pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. Nobody talks about it. Right. You say anything about getting a will, getting a death, succession, people just like glaze over, change the subject. Hey, how about those J's? You know, right. <laughs> it's right. like, and, and unless we can accept death, you know, and that's the whole thing of conscious dying is, is that we're all going to. Right. Nobody has gotten out of life alive, yeah, no. you know, <laughs> ever. You know? right. So, yeah, but we have to get out of here right now because we need to break for a commercial. We'll be back in two minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening.
listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, we're here at Things Worth Considering, and we have Tiffany Lasik with us. Uh, did I do it right this time? You did it perfectly. All right. <laughs> I know I do it in Welsh. Um, so, you know, when I, as I said at the very beginning, I, I never even heard this word before. Um, but I, I totally, as I researched it for your your, your presence being here, uh, I get it completely. Yeah. You know? Uh, completely get it and have experienced some of this. So it really made me think about being of service, though. Yeah. You know, I think that people who, who are psychopoms or they, they want to be that, you know, I, I think requires a service that is supernatural in some ways, you know. Yeah. I think a lot of, okay, so my, my thing, a lot of people who are, are healers, and I know that their hearts are absolutely in the right place, but they've gotten into this whole thing, well, I work nine to five, call my office, da 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 A psychopomp is inconvenient. It's when you don't know when it's going to happen. You know, it's like, it's just like, you're on, you know. Right. It's a call, call to arms kind of thing. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, until we understand a little bit about more i think about being of service yeah well it's like being a midwife right baby's yeah. not necessarily going to come when you're off your lunch <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's going to come in the middle of lunch on your day off you know? right. <laughs> yeah exactly right exactly yeah soul coming yeah, in know. soul going out doesn't necessarily yeah. do it on a time well, frame and oh sorry go ahead tiffany no i was just going to speak to something which you had said before as well there is so much of of what we have seen maybe over the past even couple of hundred years, which has tried to put things on a time frame, right? So that the more that we, we try to control the process or have machines be a part of the process, um, the, the less it is just having its, its natural flow. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost as if the, you know, the last, however many hundreds of years, the system has lost its connection with the rhythm of nature yeah, and the respect of nature and the support of nature because, you know, we don't have the systems in place that support this awareness of consciousness and awareness of conscious dying. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Tiffany, is when people are learning to do this, because two things came up actually, one is, you know, going back to the aspect of people not dying alone. Right. However, when you also said that with psychopomp, there's a little bit of the mediumship that's there, then can that can be something that someone can work with a person who's dying from a distance. Oh, Is yeah, that correct with the psychopomp? Can they do that from a distance? They, they could. They, they absolutely could. Okay. You know, certainly higher self to higher self, soul to soul. But I do think that there is, there's a different experience we have with yeah. presence. Sure. And, sure. and one of the things, and again, this is where some people are called to service. This is again, it's something that I find, I don't feel called to that service, right? I know that I'm talking a lot about psychopomps, but I don't feel called to that particular service. Mm. I uh, but do, you're doing 
you're doing it. Uh, doing it in a different doing way. Doing it in a different way. You're doing yes. it in, in with physical, in the physical realm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not, but even being sort of deathbed side, yes. I, I'm not sure that that's the work that I am called yeah, to do. Yeah, but I, yeah. what I, and I do feel like that's also psychopomp work, doing, being a, a death doula, hospice work. That is, is, it's holding space and caring for the soul as it's incredibly sacred. Absolutely. Very, absolutely. Very. And, and it does require, I think, um, you know, sort of a particular uh, spirit and dedication to service to be able to hold that space. Yeah. It, it's a challenging space to hold. Um, but I, I also feel, and this is where I sort of, I've been starting to think of this in a different way is how to also encourage people who are not called to this work of service, sort of like what happened with me and my brother. What happened? What do you find yourself in that place? There was, um, there we was love something. The universe. <laughs> was that, what was that? Called? We love the universe for those things. Well, absolutely. Oh, look, oh, you're in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and so, and to see it as something which is, I, I will say that one of the, other than what happened with my brother, but another moment which was just so powerful for me. There was a woman who came here for meditation. Um, and she said, I haven't been here for a couple of weeks because my mother-in-law is dying. She's in long-term care. Um, and I said, oh, why are you here? And she said, oh, no, well, it's, you know, it's okay. You know, we've gone, we've said our goodbyes. <laughs> and I said, that's not the point, right? It's she's cared for and there's people there, but it's, it was just this reflection of what would it be like for this woman if her son was by her side? Mm -hmm. And there was this, this little twig that happened. Anyway, she left. We talked about a couple of things like music and essential oils and, you know, things to, to make a space, space a sacred yeah. space. She came back a couple of weeks later and said, I wanted to let you know that when my mother-in-law died, all three of her sons were by her side. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. And I just thought that woman died. She couldn't have died a happier death knowing that the people that she loved were there and that it took the courage of those three kids who were like, you know what? Our hearts are clear. We love our mom. We know she's in good. We don't know when, but that they came and they dropped everything and held held vigil mm -hmm. until she passed. Yeah, it's lovely. Well, and, and yeah, sorry, no, no. I think it's beautiful, Tiffany. And I think that also going back to, you know, what Gord was saying around doing the psychopomp work that many people in healthcare professionals don't realize they're kind of doing. Right. We're, we're, we're working with people in this realm to, because we've gone through, you know, multiple times where we feel like we've died, right? We've been crucified right. in, in, our, in our experiences. <laughs> and then there's a rebirth, right? It's that renewal. It's that rebirth. It's the wheel of life. Right. And, and so is this something that you um, work with with people consciously around, you know, saying that this is kind of what I'm this psychopomp work on this realm? So, um, not an actual physical death. That's what I mean. But let's say yeah. it's a, it feels like a physical death sometimes. Right. So I wrote a couple of books. 
Yes. <laughs> Which I haven't read. I have I not read any of your books. <laughs> it's fine. It's it, it, That's kind of what that they're about. So this whole concept of the wheel of the year, we die every year. The period. Every day, it, don't you think? Well, we die every day. Yeah. <laughs> if we want to get technical. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. The cycles within the cycles within the cycles. Um, I do actively, and it's part of what I present, um, you know, in the books that the period between Halloween and the winter solstice if you're looking mythologically, mm-hmm. that that's Bardo. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And and so it gives us the opportunity to to be what does it feel like to take some time to just be in the dark. On a monthly basis, I hold online um what I call dark moon arties. Arti is a it's an Indian like blessing, releasing ritual and I hold them every dark moon I started them actually for um, healthcare because we we take on so much Mm -hmm. and so to have an opportunity in the dark moon which it which is very magnetic it takes it takes stuff away from us it's not the fullness of it's the release of Mm. to be able to to let go so what does it feel like to come to this place of just I'm clear um having that that release so we have so many opportunities. There, there's getting back to the Greeks again. We, you know, start with the Greeks and now with the Greeks. There's that. I can't remember. I'm all who. for that. Yeah. <laughs> She's half Greek and half Welsh. Yes. Um, but that you know, the purpose of life is to learn how to die well. Yeah. And that is but about you, living well en route to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you how know, did we come? Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, I, I, I want, because I think you're, you're saying some, something really important that I don't want to lose in that there's been more of an emphasis on, you know, getting people to die. This is, you know, I think that psychopomp is also getting people to live. Mm-hmm. And that's our shamans, our psychotherapists, our spiritual counselors, spiritual psychotherapists, you know, the, the, the holistic healthcare industries, that it's bringing people into a place of, you know, uh, moving past depression and anxiety and all of those yes. things that are so debilitating, you know. Yes, uh, good point, good point, yeah. When we look at addictions that has happened as a result of the pandemic, you know, if, if there was 5,148 people died of opioid overdoses from April to December of 2020 in Canada. Wow. That's not a U.S. number. That's a Canadian yeah. number. We're not yeah. that big, you know. Uh, and it's increased. It, it's, it's an 89% increase over the same time the year before. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I know the pandemic came around. It's, it's a lot of males. In fact, it's 77% males. And males and females, you know, the age group is between 20 and 49. You yeah. Know? And it's really tragic. And I think that, you know, one of the things about being a psychopomp is about not being judgmental. Yeah. And we walk past these kids on the street and they are hurting. And, yeah. and you know, Gabor Mate says, stop asking about the addiction. Ask about the pain. What is yeah. all this pain about? Yeah. And I think that the psychopomp walks in that pain. Yeah. You know, because that's what lightens the heart. Yeah. 
absolutely sort of eventually to have this many kids dying is, is just yeah. tragic absolutely i mean this is i'm going to speak more directly to this actually on wednesday in the in the talk right that yeah, yeah. it's right um, you know you psychic pumps no. <laughs> in in an age of anxiety how can these these energies these beings is this you know mythology in a, in an age of anxiety how can it be it's the hand in the dark reaching yeah. out the hand and helping us to to find our way through that pain and and back to to a place of of light yeah, or at least a combination yeah, of light and dark. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, I yeah. think that's where the compassion comes. We're not aiming for yeah. perfection here. No, no, step by step, you know. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I really wanted people to know because there's so many very, very talented people that I know or trained, you know, that uh, you can be like this psychopomp, you know, helping people through incredible transitions. Uh, and that's really what, what they do, you know, the transition yeah. of death. But, you know, isn't we're always dying at some level, you know, yeah, helping people through without losing yeah. yourself, without losing yourself, whether yes. it's a bad and marriage or it. addiction or. Yeah. And this is I love that this aspect is coming up, Tiffany, and that you're doing this talk because it is we're, we're stepping to so much unknown and so many of the old sort of, you know, titles or roles in the world are just dissolving and right. there's yeah. new ones coming. And. I think this is needed for consciousness in the world. I really do. So that's fantastic. Yeah. It is. So you were doing a workshop. You were doing it at the Transformational Arts Center. You will be alive or college. You'll be alive and well in real human form. Uh, and that is this coming Wednesday. Uh, transformationalarts.ca. You can sign up and uh, we'll be taking good care of everybody uh, in terms of anything with, uh, you know, masks must be worn uh, and so on. So pre-registration is absolutely necessary. Uh, next week on Things Worth Considering, we have our guest on August 12th, and that is uh, Chris Jalasowitz. And uh, she's going to be talking about the power of the moon and the magic of the moon and how it can move the oceans. It can move us, too. Uh, she'll be uh, coming live from uh, Kelowna, B.C. So thank you so much, Tiffany. It was great having you here. It was wonderful to be here. Thank you. This is Gordon Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis at Things Worth Considering. Have a great and a healthy week, and we will be back here next week, Thursday at 8 p.m. Have a great week. for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiusis and Gord Riddell for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 